buying behavior has changed. Prospects don't click on links and emails anymore, and they don't watch the videos you spend hours creating every week. Instead, send personalized gifts and memes using Vidyu. You can quickly create engaging, personalized content that immediately grabs your prospect's attention, helps you stand out in the inbox, and does it all without forcing them to click anything or go anywhere. Head over to vidyou.io slash salescast to sign up for free and spend less time getting your messages across and more time selling. Welcome to The Sales Hustle, the only no BS podcast where we bring you the real, raw, uncut experiences from sales change makers across various industries. The only place where you can get what you're looking for to up your sales game. Today's episode is brought to you by SalesCast. SalesCast helps sales professionals transform the relationship building process and win their dream clients. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell. All right, what's happening, sales hustlers? Welcome to another episode. I got my good friend Dale Dupree on here, leader of the Sales Rebellion. And I can guarantee you he's going to drop nothing but fire so that maybe it's the kick in the ass that you need to get back to doing what you should be doing. Or maybe you might learn something new. Uh, Dale, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Good, Colin. Thanks for having me on, bro. It's good to see you. Oh yeah, it's fun, man. We started jamming out and I was like, oh shit, we got to hit record and save some yeah. of the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so just, you know, I, I know you have an incredible story, um, but I want to save our time to be as tactical as possible. So give people the Cliff Notes version of your sales story. Yeah, let's go backwards. I don't do that often, right? So the last two years I've been running the Sales Rebellion as the CEO and the lead coach. Uh, prior to that, for 14 years, I was in the copier industry, slinging boxes. Uh, prior to that, I was in a metal band on Warner Brothers Records for five years. And prior to that, I was uh, living at home, being homeschooled by my mom. So that's my journey. But I think the most important piece to understand is, is that it truly starts back when my father founded his copier firm in 1984, because I was born with toner running in my blood and this destiny set before mm -hmm. me to come back into that industry and serve it for a certain amount of time, which I've done and fulfilled at this point in my life, uh, in order to also give me the acumen and, and really the experiences needed in order to be able to found and create something like the Sales Rebellion, where we're focused on people over products, community over commission checks, experiences over performing pitches and getting rid of negotiations and replacing that word fellowship as some of our core principles and values inside of the organization. Mm, I love that. All right. So let's break that down. So um, tell me a little bit about those things. So pe people, what'd you say? People over profit? Yeah. Pro products. I think the profit Pro one has been used a few times, right? And like, I think that the, the, the small shift here in mindset in that regards is that most of the time salespeople are taught and it's kind of drilled into them as well too, I should say, not just taught, like they're made to think product centric. And, and because yep. of that, 
a conversation is typically revolving around what a sales rep wants to accomplish and get done. And sure, th like if there's a business case and there's value being proposed to, to a prospect because there's an illness that they're suffering from internally in the organization that you have the prescription for, it makes sense to talk about your product. But at the same time, people are buying your ideas. People are buying your passion. People are buying your intrinsic value just as much as they're buying your product, if not more, because we are emotional beings. We're humans at the end of the day. We're not robots. We're not people that sit around and think, God, I just want to buy a copier today. God, I just want to buy a phone system today. That's not the case, right? So connection is that that crucial piece that we tend to kind of skip over. And, and because of metrics, we've completely just diluted the whole concept, right? Because we say make $150 a day because only a couple people will actually pick up and only one or two at the end of the week are actually going to be interested, right? Mm -hmm. But that's not the case if you look at a long-term outlook of what it is that your business is and what you're trying to accomplish. So, all right. So let's, let's assume that there's a lot of people that still have that product centric mindset as many do. Um, and you know, I get pitched a lot myself and I hear it all the time. And, um, so yes. how does somebody who's maybe been taught that way? Um, and that's all they know, like how, wh what are some tips that you have for them? What are some things, some examples of how they can shift that mindset to not have that product centric talk track and mentality. Well, the first thing that I would tell that I would encourage them to do is to go is to look inward and then to look at their personal life. What relationships do you have currently that are also transactional in form where you're, you're hanging out with somebody for status, you know, like to be in the in crowd or you're hanging out with somebody just because, you know, at some point maybe they could do something good for you, but there's, it's all surface level as in regards to those, particular relationships, right? Or even think about like the diner that you eat at, because maybe you're not doing it purposefully, right? Because I know that kind of sounds like manipulative and, and, and crappy, right? The way I just laid it out, but maybe you're not doing it purposefully. Like think about the restaurant that you eat at on a daily basis or on a weekly basis in the neighborhood, right? And the, the waiter that comes up or the waitress that comes up every day, and maybe you know their name, but that's also surface level. What about mm -hmm. like what drives them to be in that in that place every day for 20 years like that story, right? You know, like what what is it that they're living for? What is their purpose? What are their values? How does that look, right? So the first thing that reps can do is understand the true value of fellowship and of relationships and what a real relationship looks like. Not just, you know, I'm friends with you again because I get X, Y, or Z, but I love you and I want to be around you and I want to breathe life into you because I believe in you. Right. And when we start to take that leadership stance in our sales career, then we stop being manipulated by the buyer. We stop being manipulated by the status quo, by mediocrity, by the things that we're told, you know, from bad leadership on how to sell as well, too. And we start to choose legendary and we start to have have this very tangible thing in front of us where someone calls up and is like, hey, Colin, I know you don't do this, but I really need someone to paint my building. And I figured, you know, since I trust you and you have a lot of connections that maybe you knew somebody and you could hook me up with them. And then a light bulb goes off in your mind in that moment of like, Whoa, this the trust me. Like, okay. Mm. You know, like, and, and now as a, as a rep though, too, Colin, I'll say that like some people then say like, well, why wouldn't you call me to ask me to buy phones? Why are you calling me to just say, can you help me with a referral? Well, that's the part that everybody disconnects from, right? Is that yeah. you need that other piece in order to sell them something in the first place. They have to have trust with you. They have to, to like you. You have to have a good reputation. And so it's, it really boils down to that. And I would, I would sum it up that way too. Re build a reputation. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to challenge this a little bit, which I'm sure yeah. you'll appreciate. Um, 
and I, I do agree, right? You got to make the, the conversation, you got to make the relationship more about your prospect, more about the person, more about them than you, 100%, right? But there's also got to be a little bit of a balance. Like you need to know your product. You need to know the problems you solve. You need to be able to communicate that properly, right? So how do they find a balance of knowing their product, knowing the problems that they solve, but also not making it all about that? Let's go. So this is the, the whole point of putting people first before the product is understanding that you know so much about the product that you'll overwhelm and, dis and destroy their, their mind and the things that you could be filling them up with. Like if I were to sit with you and start telling you about all the, the bullshit about a copy machine that I know that you don't, right? One of, the, one of the pieces of that is that at a certain point, you don't care anymore. There are things that I'm showing you in there even that you don't care about. Like, I don't want, I don't care about that, dude. I, don't need, I didn't even ask about that in the first place. But because we become so product centric, we have, we feel the need to have to, you know, show that we're some kind of, you know, full on expert. Understanding that when the prospect says, I have X problem, Y problem, and Z problem. And instead of saying, let me show you how to fix it. But knowing your product so well that you know that in that moment, the thing that the prospect needs is more questions. So tell me more about X problem, just like you did with me after I, I told you a little bit about our, our values, right? Tell me more about X problem instead of saying, mm -hmm. well, let me show you exactly how I can fix that. Instead, we start to narrow down that maybe X isn't actually a problem or maybe the industry as a standard, you know, creates that problem in the first place. So there's all kinds of very transparent conversations that can come from the identity of holding back on your product. And, and I don't mean like holding back because you're manipulating the conversation. I mean, holding back because it's best for the conversation and that every other sales rep out there is talking speeds and feeds and features and advantages and benefits. Well, listen, I had 17 competitors and I was the number one rep in the area. And it wasn't because I was, I knew the copier better than anybody else, even though I, I definitely did. Okay. Cause I grew up in toner. Like I played in it as a child in my sandbox, you know, like I was <laughs> doing nothing but being around copiers. However, I never let that cat out of the bag because people don't care. They just don't. Yeah. No, I think that's an important piece to understand that your prospect doesn't care about your product, but I also think it's important to know you need to know your product. You need to be an expert in the product so that when it is time to pitch, when it is time to talk about the product, which most people do it way too early, right? Way, way, way too early. I mean, you need to ask so many questions where you know so many things about them and then they get to the point where they're almost begging you to pitch. And, and that's when you know you've done it right. Yes. Nailed it. Uh, all right. So, so we talked a little bit about people over product. What what's what was the the next one and in, in uh, the community back. community over commission checks. So all right, this will be there, fun. Yeah, there's there's a there's this whole thing of like you like let's make a ton of money because we're in sales. Like you know, and and sure, sales definitely affords you a different lifestyle in all cases, right? It affords you the ability to set your own schedule. It affords you the ability to be able to kind of have the flexibility that you desire, but you also have to perform in those processes too. Because if you're not performing, you don't have the flexibility to begin with, right? You don't have the dollars coming in you know, from commission checks to begin with. Mm -hmm. Now, the problem is, is that in most cases, because we're building toward that, we become very commission centric over the course of, the, uh, of that process. And so all we think about at a certain point is the commission check. So here we are in the midst of a, of a sales cycle with somebody. And the only thing that we're thinking about is as we're doing our numbers and we're putting everything together is when are we getting paid? When can we close this deal? And that's also the focus of our companies in most cases as well too. What's your 30 day funnel? What's closing this month? What's closing this week? What's closing today? And because of that, it becomes, it, there's a pressure 
right? That that even right. goes up against the commission check as well, too. And to a point where like the commission becomes something that's even like it's an afterthought at some point because you're, you're focused so much on it in one, in one moment, but then suddenly you're focused more on like, well, maybe I should just make sure that I get the revenue. So I'll discount it and get rid of my commission check altogether. Well, both mm. of those those scenarios are the wrong, you know, or, outlook, right? Entirely. Or, or or better yet, there the you know the the comment the classic already planning on how you're going to spend the commission. Right? <laughs> <laughs> the Shaquille O'Neal, yeah, the Shaquille O'Neal. He got his he got his contract to the NBA. Made you know like seven million dollars or something ridiculous like that, and like spent it. And yeah. like literally, well, he got his first million dollar check, right? And he spent the whole thing on cars, which is a crazy thought. And and then he and then he was like, they came. Now, back if you're Shaquille O'Neal, maybe that's okay because there's another <laughs> check coming. There's another check coming, right? But it can be, but, bro, bro. But but think about like in 25 years, if that's your habitual way of of living that life, right? Like you were just saying, like pre-planning the commission check, right? That that suddenly the money devalues itself at a certain point because like how is that helping the community? How's that building other people up? How is it helping the not just the community that you live in, but your community, right? Like a lot of times when you say community, people think others. And yes, that is the focus, but you're the forefront of that focus if you're the one that's leading in the first place. So get rid of the commission check, focus on the community-minded efforts, right? And, and, and understand and this, that it's okay if you lose the deal and lose the commission check altogether, right? Yeah, yeah. And and, and and the thing is, is this is common, especially for people like I experienced this myself early in sales. It was all about the commission check because that's what I was taught. I was taught it was all about the commission check. And 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 like our friend Larry Levine likes to say, I definitely had commission breath, right? And the prospects could smell it even through the phone. Um, and, you know, it, it took a lot of personal development and, and seeking and learning from others to kind of transition to more like serving and having a, a more of a serving mindset. And I can tell you that transition for myself, even personally as a seller, it was a game changer. Sales became so much, I don't want to say easier, but just it wasn't so, there was no deal that made or break. Deals no longer make or break you when you're really focusing on others, helping and serving, um, you know, building your community, uh, things like that. Um, where it's not just all about focusing on the commission or your numbers or your pipeline. Because when you're doing that, you actually end up having a pipeline that's not even predictable, right? You have a bunch of crap that you just shoved in there that's probably a good portion of it's not even going to close anyway. Right. Yeah, it's it's a very good point. There's a big picture perspective to the whole thing, right? If you want, And it's this. If you want to play the long game, then you can't seek instant gratification. You have to allow wins, short-term wins, to naturally happen through the process, with an outlook of understanding that you're trying to, to do this for more than just a year, more than just two years. You're trying to create a lifestyle out of it. And that's where servant leadership and lies in the first place. Robert K. Uh, Greenleaf has a great book on servant leadership. He wrote the book on servant leadership as far as I'm concerned. And and the first time I read it, I recognized that like it was my dad's playbook, You know that this is the, the concept of how my dad created 29 years of successfully running his own business. And that success is measured, you know, by people differently. And and, there, and really, there's two groups of people. There's the group that that measure it, you know, by you know extrinsically, like what it, what is it that you've done with your money, right? Your success. And then there's the people that have more of an intrinsic look that are like, the person is more valuable to me than their wealth, right? And mm. they and, and they they translate that in their actions on a daily basis. And because of that, it becomes something that cannot be denied from the success standpoint. And and so I think that the two kind of tie in, right? So if you're, 
if you're not putting people over the product, you're not focusing on them, then it's really hard to focus more on community versus your commission, right? Yes. So, and, and and they obviously go hand in hand together, right? So, and sometimes, and I think what you said is really important, right? Is like su success is different for everybody. Um, and some people, their success is gonna, they're even gonna t go as far as like really tying their self-worth on their commission check, right? Yeah. Like they're gonna feel good or bad about themselves as a person, as an individual, um, based on, you know, whether they close the deal or not, but what, based on whether they hit their activity quota, based on whether they hit their, you know, uh, revenue goals or MRR goals or whatever. Right. So, um, what I think is important is, is, is how you, how you gauge your success or how you measure your success. Right. And, and something you said is that the relationship with the people are more valuable than like selling a deal. Right. And yes. when you, and so those small wins, are important, right? Like maybe you add some, you know, you meet somebody on social, you add a ton of value, you guys hit it off and, you know, maybe you don't do business together, but it was a good experience and it's a relationship that you have and you build more and more of those over time, right? Which are going to maybe right. help you hit those commission goals over time, but you're not focusing on that. Right. right. Um, and, 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 you know, what I try to tell people that I work with is like, Hey, the goal is this, it's really simple. Regardless if you do business with them, you don't do business or you do business. And for some point you stop doing business for whatever reason, the goal is to make sure that they had a good experience, regardless of the outcome. hundred percent. I think you, you, you kind of touched on something in there that we don't talk about as salespeople. Well, I talk about it, but most salespeople don't is the, the power of a network. A network is more powerful than the deal that you're doing, than the cold call that you're making, like building a network builds your reputation creates a much larger outcome and a much more substantial outcome for you as well too. So big picture perspective to the whole thing, right? Like we, without a network, we can't win long-term, you know, like if you're, no one's going to see you, you know, at a, at a baseball game and go, Oh, it's that guy that sold me a copier 10 years ago that I never bought from again. You know, that's not going to happen. Mm. Right. But if, if that same person sees you at a baseball game and goes, that's that person that gave me a, a substantially different experience than anybody else. He treated me like a human. He made me feel important. He even gave me a lead, I remember. And he helped me with some advice on something that I was working on that he noticed and, and that he threw his hat into the ring on. And I appreciate his vulnerability in that, right? When, when that happens, you have a network and you have a reputation. Yeah. Or, or even like, hey, he, he had the courage to tell me like he wasn't the right fit. How about that one? Word. Um, all right. So let's, let's go to the next one. We talked about products, uh, people over products, community over commission. And what's the next one we're going to jump into? Uh, experiences, experiences over performing pitches. You know, we believe that it's, it's much more relevant for people to get an experience instead of a pitch and in anything and everything when it comes to sales. So you got a cold call, give somebody an experience and the identity of an experience is vast. I don't think that we really want to put a label on the experience itself. You know, I, I, when I say that, it doesn't mean that you have to like go and wash their feet, you know, and cook them dinner. And, you know, I'm not talking <laughs> about that. I, and sure, like that could play in to some extent, right. Depending on who it, who it is. Like if you're trying to sell your wife on a, that new boat that you're trying to buy, then give her a good experience, you know, leading up to the ask. Right. But the point is, is that people are very used to others calling them and saying, Hey, do you have this much time for me to pitch you something? Mm. Hey, Hey, can I tell you about, you know, the things that my company fixes that I know you have pains 
around. And all these things, you know, people talk about all the little triggers that you can use psychologically to get somebody to listen. Well, the, the point in case of it all is, is that the buyer understands that it's a manipulation tactic to get them to take a meeting and buy something from you, even if they if they agree to the call and even if they agree to the appointment. You, they're still in a place with them where they're they're holding you at a you know a ten with a ten foot pole you know away from them. You just don't recognize that, you know, until you get to the end of the deal and they say, hey, we went ahead and got two more quotes while we were at it, uh, and you're the most expensive, but we'll give you a chance to to beat the price since you were the first one in the deal in the door, you know, and or and or, or even or even better, like hey, you 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 were more expensive, but but we don't care because we feel like you're the best fit. And that's that's when the experience is good, right? Then it then the rest of it doesn't matter, unless you just again like I think salespeople need to understand that there are picky buyers, and there are people that are in situations where they want to pay more for you and they want to do business with you, but there are circumstances keeping that from happening, and you have to accept that sometimes. You know, I know it's tough, you know, especially when the person telling you is is like telling you with their head down and can't look you in the eye because they really want to do business with you and they're really embarrassed by the situation too. We have to remember that these are human beings, right? And so experiences create a, a big part of that recognition process and are a big part, I should say, of that recognition process of your value and why you're worth more money in the first place. So it's about brand building. It's about creating your tribe and, and, and enabling your tribe as well too and helping them to see that it's not even so much that you have the best fit for their product as much as they need you. You know, like that's what we got to get people to start feeling like we need this person, right? Because there are 16 different softwares that do the same thing that Dale's does that he's proposing to us. But we really just like Dale seems like the guy he's given us intrinsically given us value, extrinsically given us value through through advice and through action. Right. Like he's done everything that that has made us emotionally come to life, you know, throughout the process where the rest is just kind of, you know, a, a, an elaborate pitch. You know, and, and that's the that's the point is if we're building relationships, if we're if at the forefront, we're trying to give people an experience that they've not had before, then we're winning from from the moment we step foot in the door. Yeah, I mean, th this is awesome. And and the thing is, is sales hustlers like this, this shit ain't easy. Like it takes a lot of work to really not pretend like you give a shit, but like actually give a shit about the people that you're wanting to do business with or build your network or build your community with. Like it takes a lot of work to make more of the activities that you do on a consistent basis about others and not about you. Agreed. Um, and I think, you know, it's, it's easy to want like that simple, like silver bullet of how to do this. And the answer is like, there isn't one, like it takes, it's everything is so dynamic with each relationship. And, you know, and, and, and I think something that you said, like, you know, you're dealing with people, right? So, and they're not going to want to let you down or tell you no and things like that. So being setting, creating a safe enough space where they can be like honest and transparent with you because they feel like you've been honest and transparent with them from the beginning of the relationship is, is so important. Yes. All right. So what do you want, what, what else do you want to talk about to kind of close this out? Um, we talked about a lot. I think there's tons of nuggets in here that people can think about of how to really kind of just rethink maybe on how they're treating these business relationships. Um, how do you want to close this out, Dale? Yeah, I mean, I, would, I think that the things that we've talked about are mindset based for the most part, that there are actions 
behind these concepts and their their strategies and there's there's a process when you know because we still believe in the science of sales at the rebellion but the art is so important right the mindset is so important the particulars around those things are so important so i, I think that people what people need to hear today is that they they need their own rebel way you know and that's what we encourage for for individuals and and, and companies alike is to adapt to the mindset and adopt the principles of the rebel way which are the things that we've been talking about but even more so, it's it's about the full-on shift, you know, that the sales world needs, and so it's about setting the precedence inside of your own office, inside of your own bullpen, not just to your buyers, but to the people that make up your community internally at the at the company, to your friends, to your family, and your personal life, to the people that you encounter on a daily basis, to the guy that mows your yard that you haven't talked to since the day you hired him, right? Like all these people deserve you, right? They deserve your best, and they deserve the 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 rebel that's inside of you waiting to get out. All right, so unleash it and let people see it. And and those are the most elite salespeople. Everybody talks about what are the top ten habits of the most successful people, and you know all this all this crap. And like, and I, I I'm not saying that that it's wrong, you know, that all those things are wrong, and that those people don't don't do those things, right? But what I am saying is that it goes deeper than the way that we make it look, right? There's a much deeper value behind a habit, right? Because when we're purposefully driven to have those seven habits of the most successful people in the world, right? And we have something that drives it more so than just being successful like these millionaires, right? But we have intrinsic things, like right? Or even even stuff that's in our lives that we don't like to talk about, right? Like, like your kids the being the legacy uh, of what it is that you're leaving behind and how important that is. When you are, when there's purpose being driven into everything that we're doing, Right, then we take a we take a stand in those moments, and people see that, and our reputation builds in the process, and we become more than just a rebel in those moments. Right, we become a legend, and and it's those legends that get remembered. They never die. They they affect communities. There's a plaque somewhere that somebody's going to Google 25, 35 years from now and go, who was this person? And hopefully, it affects the change in them too to say like, wow, this is pretty wild, right? Because my goal, my dream, bro, is that people instead of you know, Googling a statue of a guy that owned, you know, 50 slaves and, you know, you know, was comprised of, you know, his wealth was basically manipulating people in America or, you know, whatever the case may be. I'm not pointing political fingers here, but what I'm saying is, is that those are the kind of people that most of us, you know, look up and look and look or, uh, you know, on the internet and look at as, you know, what we come from. In the sales world, it's no different, right? Like, sure, you got the Zigs of the world and the Carnegies of the world and they're great dudes. Right. But like, that's not who you we're remembering in the sales communities. Right. Because who we're remembering in the sales community is the boss that we can't freaking stand. It's the sales rep. That's the number one rep. Right. But but they're a total jerk and they've got seven DUIs and they can't get anything life with their personal right with their personal life. And, and, and it's not even about like those people as much as it's about the habits they have, the intentionality that they're leading with the culture that they're building and how we have to influence that instead of hating on it and saying, yeah, like that's stupid. And I'd never be like that. Well, that, that it doesn't matter what your opinion is on those things. These mindsets that we're talking about shift those outcomes. They shift those thoughts. They shift the way that people look at their own personal lives and, and you will influence more than just your buyer and, and your, your outcomes from a sales perspective. You will influence everyone around you whose ears are open and listening. Boom. I think that's, we can end on a high note. Um, man, this, this is a lifestyle. You can't fake this. It takes a lot of work. Um, Dale, this is amazing. Uh, really loved having you on here today. Tell folks where you want to send them. What are we going to drop in the show notes for them? 
for it. You can hit salesrebellion.com, hit up the Google and just type in Dale Dupree for loads and boatloads of content. Head to linkedin.com backslash IN backslash copier warrior. Uh, you can go to any social channels, Twitter, uh, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, whatever, and just backslash Sales Clubhouse. Rebellion or at Sales Rebellion. Yes, Clubhouse, Sales Rebellion, everything Sales Rebellion. Come find me. Come hang out. We got content galore. We just opened up our free Slack channel. We have the Rebel Refuge that's out now. It's a monthly subscription, low-cost fee, training for sales reps instead of having to pay thousands of dollars. Lots of stuff going on over here. Come get involved. Awesome. We will drop all that goodies in the show notes. Dale, thanks for coming on. If you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, share with your friends. If you enjoyed today's episode, write us a review and we're listening for your feedback. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Sales Hustle. Are you a sales professional looking to take your sales career to the next level? If the answer is yes, then I want you to go over to salescast.co. Check us out. And if you feel that you are ready Set up a time to talk with me and my co-founder, Chris. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell. And if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave us a review and share the podcast with your friends.